Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How many of you joined the donkey procession around the block? Any of you? All right. So in my former congregation in Boulder, the donkey that we usually hired for our Palm Sunday parade died. (laughs) A few days before Palm Sunday. She was quite old. It was okay. Um, But we had to pivot. You know, perhaps she had seen one too many Palm Sunday parades on Pearl Street Mall. Have you been in Boulder? Um, And so we had to scramble for a plan, and I went to the costume shop in Boulder. (laughs) (laughs) This is a true story. (laughs) And I rented a horse costume that was originally made for a production of, I think, Midsummer's Night Dream at CU Boulder. But it 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 would suffice as a donkey. So... On Palm Sunday, I dressed up as the donkey, and during the children's sermon, I, I guess, crawled. I crawled down the center aisle on my hands and knees, and I came up here, and I was the object lesson for the children's sermon. Okay, so, but what was interesting about this story, it's still coming, is that... is that I went back behind in the chancel to change. I had to put my robe on because I was helping to lead worship. And when I was back in the, behind the chancel, a small child was walking kind of back through the hallway to go to the bathroom. And she saw me take the headpiece of the donkey off. <laughs> and she started to cry. <laughs> now, now, at first I thought, at first I thought she was afraid, you know, because there I was behind in the hallway, some Greek mythology centaur, you know, it's a half pastor, half animal. But, but actually, she, she wasn't afraid. And this was what was so uh, pondering to me. She wasn't afraid. She was disappointed. She was disappointed. You know, in that most exquisite of realities that we call a child's imagination, she had expected me to really be a donkey. And upon seeing me, she realized I was mere human, mere human. I didn't meet her expectations, did I? And be that as it may, she was disappointed. And I must confess that I often I often find myself disappointed on Palm Sunday also. And let me share why. By any account, Palm Sunday is indeed a day of mixed expectations and paradoxical themes. We begin as we did with cheers of loud hosannas or in Sandy's interpretation, yay! And that is, that's Hosanna. It is a cheer. And yet, we also know, and we can sense it already this morning, there is this powerful undertow of danger cursing under our cheers. Because we know in just a few days, those cheers 
will turn to jeers, and the crowd is no longer shouting Hosanna. They're shouting, crucify him. Palm Sunday is a paradox and parade. The Jesus Seminar Bible scholars Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan note that at the same time that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem for Passover, on the other side of town, a Roman imperial procession is also entering Jerusalem. The Roman governor of Judea, whose residence was in Caesarea over on the coast, rode up to Jerusalem to be present into the city in case there were riots during Passover, which was, in most accounts, the most politically volatile of all of the Jewish festivals in Jerusalem. And with him, with him came soldiers and cavalry to reinforce the imperial garrison in Jerusalem, determined to keep the peace of Rome, the Pax Romana, by whatever display of force was necessary. And here, on the other side, Jesus. Jesus embodies this contradiction of Roman occupation, violence, and power with a different kind of power, a relationally subversive, grace-filled power of love and peace and justice, And of course, of course we know that eventually this tension, this paradox between these symbols of power are too difficult for the crowd to hold. And so they frame him and they collude with Rome to crucify him. Today, I think we live in that paradox as well. We begin with our cheers of Hosanna, but by the end of our service today, the cross is recessed down the aisle towards Golgotha, a collision of symbols, a collection of conflicting feelings. And it's tempting It's tempting, isn't it, to skip right over the solemnity of Maundy Thursday and the anguish of Good Friday. It's tempting to just leap from Hosanna to He is risen. I sense that we humans have a hard time living in these tensions of Hosanna and the pain of Good Friday. Our tendency, I think, is that we prefer things to be very clearly divided, right or wrong or good or bad. I want this, I don't want that. These binary categories that we try to squeeze our lives into so that we can feel safe and secure. But I want to invite us today to linger a bit more in the tension created by the mixed messages of today. Because I would posit that that is how the world is. 
That is where life is lived. We live in a world of both and, a world of apparent contradictions. Palm Sunday, a parade of paradox. In real life, I think our lives embody both. We have hope and we have despair. We live in fear and we live with courage. We know joy, inexpressible joy, and we know grief, inexpressible grief. And sometimes these shifts happen in a matter of weeks or days. Sometimes the shift is a matter of hours. And indeed, after East High School, I was vacillating between rage and resiliency, despair and hope, moment by moment by moment. This is the non-duality of life, that it's not one thing or the other. We're fired from our job, but that leads us to start a business that we would have never started had we not been fired. We bask in the joy of holding a newborn baby in our family, and then the next day, We're grieving a suicide in that same family. War rages abroad and we suffer violence in our community. And anthropologists remind us that as a species, we are less violent than we have ever been in human history. These are the Palm Sunday paradoxes, living in the both and of life the non-dualism of Holy Week every week. The good news, the good news is that God's grace encompasses it all. God's love holds it all. God is in and through and around and underneath and above and swirling all around it. God is in it all. In his book, The Five Things We Cannot Change and the Happiness We Can Find by Embracing Them, the psychologist and Buddhist teacher David Rico suggests that it is our unmet expectations of control in our life. It's our fear of and our struggle against the things that we cannot change. That is the source of our suffering. And as the serenity prayer reminds us, once we learn to accept and embrace the things that we cannot change, there, in that moment, we can realize that that is exactly where we find courage and compassion and hope and wisdom, indeed, the wholeness of life.
Rico offers a spiritual practice to help us live in this non-duality, to move us from our good, bad, right, wrong, either, or thinking. It's a two-handed prayer practice of holding the opposites. So in any predicament in life, we can hold in one hand perhaps something that we're experiencing, like fear. You hold fear in the one hand, accepting that you have fear. And you also know that at the same time, you are more than fear. You have resources of courage and strength and sources of resiliency through family and friends and community so that you don't only live in fear, but you live in fear and courage. And of course, the deeper spiritual truth I might offer is that there is indeed no separation from fear and courage. It is one and the same. There is no separation from grief and hope. They are different sides of the same coin. And I may be so bold as to claim there is no separation between crucifixion and resurrection. One does not exist without the other. God's love is big enough for it all. All of the complex, disjointed, seemingly contradictory plot lines in our lives, the divine nature holds it all in grace. And that is enough. Today, when we come to this communion table, I invite you to bring two palms forward. These palms. One, one palm holding something really painful in your life, a disappointment, a loss, perhaps a rage. Hold it with full acceptance that it is. And in the other hand, the antidote, courage or hope, resiliency, a deep trust, Bring both palms together. Bring the paradox of your life to this holy meal and receive. Receive the brokenness of Christ and the new life of Christ. Bring them both. Receive. Be nourished. And be made whole. May it be so. Amen.